we we think we're going to have robust activity in the back half of of 22, although it may be kind of episodic month to month and, and quarter to quarter. Hello and welcome to the REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borgs from Quito. Today, we're looking at the state of deals activity in the real estate sector with my guest, Tim Bodner. Tim is real estate deals leader at PwC US and a regular contributor to the REIT Report. Tim, nice to speak with you again. Good to be with you, Sarah. Thanks for having us. So, Tim, can you start by reminding us how deal activity looked throughout 2021? What were the factors behind that activity and how things have developed in the first half of 2022? In 2021, after a relatively slow start, uh, activity overall in, in 21 was was quite quite active, and we saw uh, a return of kind of what uh, we expected was, which was a number of large uh, scale uh, public to private transactions as well as public uh, to public merges. And and there's really a thing a couple things in, from our perspective that that drove that. One is just there continues to be a significant amount of capital in in real estate and allocated uh, to the second. Two is the equity markets for real estate performed quite well in 21. Uh, and so the ability to get uh, public to public transactions done made sense. And then three was just as we continue to kind of move uh, throughout the business cycle and the real estate cycle, the import of scale continues to to be something on on, on people's mind for a whole host of reasons, uh, and so that's why uh, we saw it. In terms of sectors, uh, it's really those sectors that have strong secular tailwinds behind them. Things like logistics uh, and multifamily, where where most of the capital is allocated. So overall, twenty twenty one very strong relative uh, to the prior year after a relatively slow start due to COVID. As we moved into 2022, uh, Q1 was very strong, uh, up above 50% uh, year over year. Uh, and the, the strength that we saw uh, in the first quarter continued in the sectors like logistics as well as multifamily. But what we also saw was quite strong uh, growth in the retail sector as well as, as hospitality. Uh, the way we think about that trend, although it did surprise us the the magnitude of of the increase, we think that what's happening there is that on a relative basis, returns there uh, in in those sectors are strong, and two, the economy is opening back up again, and people are are prioritizing being out as opposed to uh, to being in in their homes as they have been for the last couple of years. And looking to the rest of the year, is economic and geopolitical uncertainty likely to put a damper on deals? Do you think? Look, I think there's no question that when you look at things happen geopolitically, when you look at what things that are happening with with respect to to interest rates and the and the impact on credit markets, the questions that are lingering in everyone's mind as to whether or not we're going to see a recession or not, those on the margin are going to be impacting deal activity. But what we're seeing, kind of from our perspective is investors kind of reorienting themselves into sectors that perform well, even in, in a rising rate environment or in periods of high inflation, things like that are more experiential oriented. So uh, we've continued to see activity building in the, in the lodging space. We're seeing activity within c- casinos. 
uh, things like marinas and ski resorts, all things that are kind of tied to people being out as opposed to being home. We're seeing pipeline building in addition to where there continues to be strong activity in logistics and, and multifamily. So we, we think we're going to have robust activity in the back half of 22, although, may, although it may be kind of episodic month to month and, and quarter to quarter. And what are some of the key considerations that parties on both sides of the deal table are weighing in the current environment? And would you say that the calculus as to what makes a good deal has shifted? Well, look, there's there's clearly a lot more focus uh, on, on on underwriting in in this environment. Certainly, growth in in rents and in NOI is something that the folks are spending a lot of time putting attention on to make sure they feel good about their their forward projections. Clearly, f- financing costs are an area of, of attention. And you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, on the margin, you know, depending upon how those two things work in tandem, there there are some deals that may not get done just just due to, to that dynamic. So clearly a lot more rigor and focus on on underwriting. Certainly what we're seeing is ESG is getting significant amount of attention, particularly in the office sector. We describe the the office sector as as kind of a, a, a K a K shape where those assets that are uh, high quality assets, recently refurbished, recently constructed in major metropolitan areas that have a lead certification, those assets we think are going to continue to be quite well and they're particularly of interest to not only a number of U.S. market participants, but also foreign sources of capital, particularly from certain parts of Asia, we continue to see kind of a lot of a lot of attention there. So a lot of focus on ESG and in the office sector, but also outside of that is something that that is being focused. And then, of course, just um, markets uh, are are continuing to be something that that folks focus on when we look at trends that are happening in the southeast and southwest relative to. Uh, some of the CBDs around the country, those markets continue to see quite strong growth. And we think that we'll see a, a, a larger share of deals getting done in those markets than, than maybe the CBDs, particularly some of those on the, on the West Coast. And you've already mentioned certain property sectors that are seeing um, active deal transactions. Do you expect those trends to continue? And which areas of the market are really seeing very little activity? Yeah, I think it's it's quite interesting. As I mentioned a moment ago, uh, I think if you if we had this conversation last year, I don't think we would have expected to see as strong uh, the, the, a strong activity that we, that we did in in retail. But we are seeing a significant amount of activity there. So we don't think it's it's we're going to see it's not so much sector, but it's more within sectors the types of assets and the quality of assets and where they are. That's where we think we're going to see more of the divergence. So, you know, clearly we're going to continue to see activity in industrial. We're going to continue to see activity throughout the the residential ecosystem. We believe we'll see a a pickup in experiential related assets. In retail, it's going to be a, a story of higher quality assets and the nature of the tenancy. And then in office, as I mentioned, those assets that have been recently constructed, recently refurbished, or have a strong ESG score associated with them are going to see, see activity. Those assets that are that, that don't have those characteristics, particularly in office or in retail or even in lodging, we think are going to are going to have some headwinds against them, and, and more likely are not going to be associated with a change in use over time. And is it safe to say that IPO activity is probably unlikely to pick up in the current environment? And is the same true for SPACs? Yeah. 
So look, um, what's been interesting about real estate IPO activity is what we've been seeing happening over the last couple of years, probably the last five years, it would, would be kind of a fair attestation. It's about 2017, is we've tend to see, see more episodic IPO activity in the traditional listed market. The reason we kind of think about that is it's it's quite important to have a scale and a differentiated equity story to kind of compete against the existing listed markets. And I think, you know, we've seen that in certain sectors like single family housing, there's been uh, some some scale activity happening. But outside of that sector, it's been more kind of episodic. And we've seen just one to two to three IPOs over that period of time. Having said that, we've seen quite strong activity within the non-listed REIT market. And just this year alone, through May of this year, there's been uh, you know $20, $20 billion roughly raised in that sector. And it's been strong throughout the course of the year. There was a bit of softening month over month from April to May. But we think there's going to continue to be a lot of activity there just as the real estate market continues to orient themselves to the retail investor, not only here, but but around the world, we, we expect that that activity is going to be strong. So in summary, when we look at the public REIT market comprised of both listed and non-listed, we think we're going to see strong activity in the non-listed segment of the market and more episodic activity in the in the listed segment. Great. And Tim, we've covered a lot of ground, but is there anything else that we've missed, you think? No, I think the biggest trend that we we focus on is is that that I just mentioned. We think there's going to be a continued rotation to the non-listed segment of the market proportionately. And when you look at just the pipeline of of activity there from new sponsors, it's it's in excess of of twenty billion dollars of of capital that uh, is there. So we think that's a place for uh, market participants to keep a close eye on. Great. Tim, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having us, sir. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.